Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. We're going to chat about electric cars because I did a little um, electric journey over the weekend or in the past few days to see if or how the electric infrastructure across the country has changed since I did it this time last year. And I had um, an i7, a BMW X-Drive 60 for the past few days. Incredible car. It's what I imagine travelling in first class would be like. It'll be a long time before I can afford one of them. But it's the first time I drove an EV with the range to get me from Donegal to Dublin and back. So I'm sure in time that will become more accessible. But when I drove to Donegal and back over the weekend, I deliberately went the same route as I did uh, this time last year because I wanted to see, was there any new EV stations along the route? And there wasn't really. But what I did notice was that the EV charging stations have become considerably busier. Now, I think bar maybe one time than when I stopped, um, even when I didn't require a charge, I stopped just to kind of get a sense of what was happening. There was always a queue for the EV stations, um, maybe two and three other, you know, EV cars there ahead of you. And I, I suppose the plus of that, you know, on one side, uh, more people are buying electric cars. And, and maybe that's why they were busier, I thought, anecdotally from this time last year. Or perhaps because it was a bank holiday weekend, more people were just travelling cross country. But I definitely did notice longer queues. And it just got me thinking, what's going to happen when the cut to the grant comes in in two and a half months time? Because the private vehicle electric car grant, um, as you know, it's it's been at 5,000. It's going to be reduced to about three and a half grand from July 1st. And about 40,000 EVs have been bought with the grant since it was introduced in 2011. So I want to know how will the reduction impact you or has it served its purpose? And the other listener I'd love to hear from today, if you're somebody who ordered your electric car maybe this time last year and you're still waiting for it to arrive into the forecourts, are you likely to get that before July 1st? And if you don't, will the reduction to the grant also impact you? Uh, 1800 453 106 if you want to join us. Gareth is with us on the line. Uh, Gareth, what's your view on this? Will you be affected by the grant cut? Uh, no, I actually bought my car just last year, um, so I won't be caught on the grant cut. So, obviously, you're one of the 40,000, uh, over 40,000 then, that's benefited from the grant. But, like, d- did that help, I suppose, in making the car more affordable, Garth? It it did. The, like, they, they're talking about the price of the cars coming down. And I know Tesla has taken a price cut recently. But for most cars, the price has actually been going up, be it petrol, diesel or electric. And the newest electric that will be coming out that will be in a reasonable price for, uh, bracket of, we'll say, 25,000 is going to be the ID2. But that's in 2025. So it's it's a way away and it's going to have a huge orders on it. So it's it's going to be very scarce to get. What's your experience of the EV, Garth? Uh, for me, the EV that I have, this is actually my second one. I've been quite lucky. Okay. Uh, the first one I had it would get me to Dublin and I'd have to take a charge in Dublin. And the new one I have now gets me back to Athlone and I can take a charge there when I'm going to Dublin. So the the improvement that's been in three years has been huge uh, and the speed that they can actually charge at. Mm. But the problem is that the infrastructure is very slow at coming along, but the sales is speeding along. 
So the it's it's the it's the infrastructure is just too far behind. I suppose what's out there. And I I know many will argue the reality is most people have the the home charger. And yeah, like for 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 me, it is very few and far between. I need it because uh, the car can do over four hundred kilometers, but like my my normal journeys would only be twenty to thirty kilometers in a day. So it's it's nothing major. Um, I I charge constantly at home, and I get the benefit when I do charge at home. I can be on the cheapest night rates I want, so it makes it makes driving very very affordable, uh, and makes the EV really work. But for the people that don't have that ability uh, in apartment blocks or on streets, it does make it more expensive, mm. and then you're relying on an infrastructure that isn't a hundred percent perfect. Uh, Alan is joining us as well, Gareth. Alan, will the cut to the EV grant deter you? Well, I think it's very short-sighted by the government. It's it's far too early, really. Um, I mean, there's been huge supply issues with cars. As you said, people have ordered some models, have, haven't received them. Um, so there's probably people that have ordered electric cars this year that are still going to be waiting for them when the cut comes. I think if we want to move people to electric cars and we are serious about it as a government, then we really need to uh, to, to, to stop the cuts at this stage and wait till we get um, far more adoption, really, because I think it's it's just too early, really. And, and I still there's a lot of people, I meet a lot of people that are driving an electric car that still are, you know, put off by the horror stories of years ago. I had um electric car in 2014, and the range was only 130 kilometres, um, which, you know, now a car with 30% would have that range. So mm. it, it, there's, there's also a lot of education that needs to be done and a lot of kind of promotion of, of the EVs and how they can suit some people, but as your as Garrett says there, you know, people that don't have home charging, it's really difficult difficult for those because, you know, the the home the, the, the public charges as you said are often busy, but also, Andrea, the price of the public chargers. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I got a real insight about, into that this weekend. Yeah, I mean you you know, if you have a, a large E V and you're doing a long journey, it could cost you more to charge at a public charge point than it would if it was petrol or diesel. Um now obviously the energy crisis has, has exaggerated mm-hmm. that, but it it's a real issue. Uh, Brian um, Caulfield stay with us uh, Alan as well Brian Caulfield from the School of Engineering at Trinity is with us on the line Brian is Alan right about that the reduction to the grant at this stage two and a half months time short sighted by the government it, it could be seen as a bit short-sighted, um, the, the, the grant cut that's coming in but I suppose given the volume of vehicles that they want to sell I'm not sure if the exchequer if they had the money to, to, to ever have the grant there until we got to a million vehicles. But listening to your two callers there, there's been really, really good input. Um, one of the things that I, I, I started to think about, it's almost like the free public transport thing. When we said it could be free public transport, people were like, oh, no, we want better public transport, not free public transport. I think the horror stories of waiting an hour to, to charge your vehicle is probably a bigger deterrent than, you know, the, the, the cut that's coming in the, in the grant. So, I often hear before that, you know, it's a chicken or egg situation to be put the infrastructure in first and then the EVs will follow and or, or vice versa. Mm. We need the infrastructure. We need it. And I'm not surprised at all, Andrea, that there there hasn't been an increase in the number of vehicle, uh, number of chargers. I did a trip to Baltimore there about two, two or three weeks ago, and I did the same trip a year ago. And the number of chargers haven't increased. No, all I was I the same. Was, 
All I had to do was wait longer and pay a yeah, lot more. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's, a, it's exactly the, the conclusion that I came to, Brian, was that, you know, you, you arrived and some of the setups, I have to say, were brilliant. And, and I even when I got to, to Donegal, one of the best um, charging stations was only up the road, you know, from me at home, um, even despite all the stations and EVs in Dublin, where you have like two of the, the super, the high powered fast chargers. But but it's there's now more people, which again is a good thing, more people are going for the electric car but there's now the queue there's now a queue forming and that's something I, de- I, I definitely noticed a change since this time last year and and, and that's that's it. it it's not you know range anxiety as your callers have said is no longer really a thing it's charger anxiety that you're you're going towards for me it was cattle I'm wondering if you would have a, um, a charging station there to charge the car because if you don't that adds on an extra hour and that means then for the trip down you can't really plan anything that evening because you don't know if you're going to be there at eight o'clock or nine o'clock or even later. So that's a big thing. That's a big problem. And recently, um, um, SCAI and the department were in, um, I think, with PAC in, in, in the doll. And they said, you know, we're not really planning on doing a huge amount more in terms of public charging infrastructure. And that goes completely against what the, the countries across Europe that are actually doing this well are doing. Who's actually buying the electric cars? I mean, I just wonder how beneficial the EV charge, how how beneficial, Brian, the, the grant has actually been. Like, is it targeting the right people? Because to my mind, and, and even Gareth made the point a little earlier, like electric cars are expensive. A lot of the time when you see the price sitting on the window in the forecourt, the EV grant is already taken into account. We're now reducing that. So I just wonder how are we going to entice more people into them? So we published research there last year on this, and it basically shows that the people that are buying electric cars in this country are the ones that are living in leafy parts of Dublin and and Cork and and Galway, the people that that the affluent people are buying them. And that's not a surprise, really, when you think about the types of people that are going to buy new cars. However, if the purpose of the grant is there to reduce emissions, we need to be selling them in Donegal because and and counties outside of the the big cities um, where people drive a lot further um, and they tend to use older cars but also there's no alternative so I would be a big proponent of a rural scheme like they have in Scotland um, where people living in rural parts of Ireland are given a greater incentive um, um, to purchase an electric vehicle. That's a really interesting point I'm not sure what part of the country um, uh, Alan you're in but like do you think of perhaps a more targeted rural scheme to get people into electric cars would, would be enticing? I'm in Carlo and, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of electric cars actually I meet on my journey each morning. But actually, I was in Germany for work for a week, about three weeks ago, and I actually drove an electric car in Germany uh, down the autobahn over 250 kilometres. Right. And I had to charge. And the difference there compared to Ireland is you pull into a charging station and there is a bank of chargers. There's 10 fast chargers. Mm. There's not two. There's not three. There's 10 or there's 20. So I actually wrote a blog in 2017, would you believe it, calling for the money that was going to be spent on smart meters at the time instead to be spent on EV infrastructure. So that's over five and a half years ago now. I wrote a blog calling for more chargers. But here we are five years later. And and the thing about it is, you know, it's trying to get adaption and it's trying to make people confident because they are fantastic cars to drive. If you've driven an electric car to talk to power, you know, the responsiveness, they're, they're amazing cars to drive, but you have to have the confidence. And the range has helped a lot, 
But still, if we don't have the public infrastructure, you're going to lack the real mass adaption that we need to see people moving towards. Uh, Rob is with us as well. Rob, do you think the idea of a rural electric car scheme would be beneficial? Um, well, I mean, I, I do live out in rural Ireland and I'd, I'd love to see things like that. Um, I'd like to see more examples of, of people out here. Uh, it'd be made easy for them to to use electric cars. I'd love to see more chargers out here. I think the other thing I, I would love to see, though, is instead of a grant for new electric cars, because I think most of the people buying uh, new electric cars now can afford what's out there in the market, um, I'd love to see a grant uh, for used electric cars. So Scotland switched their grant <clears throat> from the, the new cars to used cars, um, and they did that to get the used car market going because the one place where there is still quite a significant difference in cost um, is in the used market. I mean, I just traded in my electric car, and I couldn't believe uh, I traded my last electric car for a new one. I couldn't believe the price I got for it. It was, it was genuinely unbelievable. It was so close to what I paid for it. Um, several years later. So I, I think that's where we need to target help, really, because a lot of the people out there uh, aren't going to go and buy a new, new electric mm. car. Uh, and until we fix the used market, especially with the impacts of Brexit and everything else, um, we're not we're not going to get any further ahead with the adoption, and certainly not out here in rural Ireland. I mean, sure, there's, there's, there's new cars out here. I've, I've got one myself, but I see a lot of used cars out here. You know, a lot of people are driving used cars and so until we get the, the market moving for those, nothing's going to change. Brian, just to go back to your point around a rural EV scheme and how that how, how that might work. Like, I mean, if, if your point and the research you've carried out is that those that are mainly availing of the grant people living in the greater Dublin area, um, you know, affluent parts of, of Dublin... Uh, good, well-paid jobs, leafy suburbs, as you mentioned, they're the people buying the, the, the electric cars. Like, when you take your, your average income earner, surely, we, surely there must be some sort of a, a mechanism can be designed for, for, you know, people beyond the leafy suburbs. Of course there could be. And, and, and as your caller just said there, they have something similar in Scotland and that they've introduced it whereby people living in rural parts of, of Scotland have access to one of these um, loans. So it's not beyond us to do something like this. Um, but there, there seems to be a bit of a blockage um, in policy making at the moment around it. Um, and I don't think that they're convinced. I think that they think that let them be bought and sold in Dublin and then they will trickle down to the rest of the country. But there's a fantastic, um, and, and, and I'll tweet it out, um, uh, example of a shared electric vehicle um, that's in the, the Leitrim Volunteer Centre and they have an e-Corsa and this is a shared vehicle where people are sharing this car um, in a rural part of Ireland and they're being able to, to, to use it to bring people to hospital appointments and I think more of that as well is needed that we put shared electric vehicles in, in, in different parts of the country and not just you know in, in the big urban areas. Mm. Michael and Lyth has got in touch he says let's hope the loss of the grants slow sales and he thinks electric cars don't make any don't make sense. They're more expensive to buy than combustion engine cars, and just as expensive to run. They have a long, a larger carbon footprint. Take too long to charge. Battery life unknown, and God forbid if you have to replace the battery, uh, they don't make sense. Gordon to Michael, this listener says we're on our third electric car. The second one we got the grant on. Um, it was useful then, but now the cars are getting cheaper. And I think the best thing would be a grant on used electric vehicles to get that market moving Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday on News Talk
Yeah, we're asking, will the cut to the electric car grant this July deter you from buying an electric vehicle or perhaps maybe the grant has served its purpose? Um, 1800 453 is the number if you want to join us. The tech editor with the Irish and Sunday Independent, Adrian Weckler, is with us on the line though. Adrian, what's your experience of an EV? I bought one. I bought one after years of uh, pontificating. I bought one. And how's it going? Uh, it's going grand. I'm in it right now, um, it, with one exception. So I think it was, um, someone was saying earlier on, there's no such thing as range anxiety. It's charger anxiety. That's absolutely not the case. Now, let me just tell you, I don't regret buying my electric car. I would buy one again in the morning. Let me also tell you that the ranges that they advertise with every single electric car on the market are absolutely absolutely wrong. They're incredibly misleading, incredibly misleading. And I'll mm. give you an example as to as to why. I went down to, to Cork over the weekend. I went down, admittedly, to the tip of the Berra Peninsula. Very few places on the island of Ireland that are over 400 kilometers away from Dublin. That is one of them. My car's range supposedly has 450 kilometers on it. I didn't get anywhere near. It was about 280, 290. The reason, as anyone who owns, who know, owns an electric car knows, is because as soon as you hit the motorway and go to 100, 110, 120 kilometers per hour, um, the battery reserve absolutely gets slashed. That is not taken into account when, you, when you're buying uh, a car. The dealer doesn't or, or scarcely tells you that. And it's compounded by the fact, the point that you made earlier, there are hardly any charges mm. out there. I tried to stop in Cashel. There are four charges there, all full. Each one had two or three cars waiting for them. Had to go on to Pomoy. At that point, I had under 20% battery left. I really was wondering whether I'd, whether I I'd know. be and it, and it, it, it is, like, it's absolutely, I mean, I've shared that that same experience previously of, you know, the, the concern and the worry, Adrian, that you won't, you won't get to Cashel or wherever it is that you're yeah. travelling to to get to the charger. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and look, there are many, many great things about electric cars. And I do mean that. They're, mm. they're oh, lovely yeah. to drive. They're luxurious. They're quite, they're incredibly powerful. They're very high spec. But the industry, and I have to say, some of the people who try to promote electric cars, they do themselves a massive disservice by not telling the truth about the range. It, it is simply not true that uh, you know, a, a Hyundai Ionic or a Volkswagen ID4 or a Tesla Model 3 has the range that it's advertised with. It is not true, but there's very little regulation, very little consumer protection against someone who's going in, um, you know, who's going in uh, to, to buy a car. Now, some of the electric car enthusiasts will say somewhat validly, Look, it's the same with petrol or diesel cars. Mm. You know, they don't. Oh, yeah, they'll tell you. Some of them will, in my experience, they will tell you, you know, like there's air con, there's charging the phone, there's how you drive, how often you brake, how harsh you are with the pedal. Yeah, yeah, but come here, the point is, with even the cheapest diesel or petrol car, you're guaranteed to get, you know, five or six hundred kilometers on a fill. And even if you do run out, there's a petrol station every few miles, yeah, okay? Yeah. It, it, the problem is not the science. The problem is truthfulness. You and I and everybody else, like, we're grown-ups. I will take into account that it has a smaller range than maybe I thought, and I have to, um, and I'll still buy an electric car. Mm. But I'm telling you, people who have to tra- travel distances, who don't live in a city, who have to regularly t- uh, travel down the country, they will not 
because they have now just been given a gold-plated example of why uh, you know the, the industry doesn't tell the truth and therefore range anxiety is back. Um, Loretta's on the line as well, Adrian. Loretta, what, what's your experience? Will the cut to the grant in any way affect you? Well, I bought my electric car last year, a Kia e-Niro, and I have to say, I love it. I live in Dublin. Mm. I have my charging port at my house, etc. And on a day-to-day basis, everything is fantastic. And actually, I feel a little bit smug at times, <laughs> you know, because I'm driving my electric car. Yeah. Um, it's also branded with the menopause hub, which is another story. But anyway, um, I then uh, went down the country last week, uh, at the weekend, and I went to Vinan. And um, on the way down, from previous experience, I learned that I need to, uh, you know, add on at least an hour to my journey Mm. to allow me to go in and charge the car and everything. So I did that at Kiltulla, had a cup of coffee, you know, read uh, the paper, whatever. It was all very relaxing and really lovely, but I built that into the journey. So that was fine. When I got there, it was well topped up. On the way back, I called the very same station two days later in Kiltulla or three days later, whatever, and um, none of the charges were working. So I said, oh, right, okay. So I put into my phone uh, for the next place and I went to this, oh, off the beaten track to a Tesco, um, you know, a large Tesco and there was a, a car park there with um, a charger. Um, and uh, the, the, uh, that problem there was that, and I don't know if any of you realise this, but I, I find this more frustrating than anything, is that I have four different charging apps on my phone I've signed up, I've got cards for three different kind mm. of uh, suppliers and you've got to sign up, you've got to put your, your bank detail, your card details in, et cetera, et cetera, and you get emails and they're all different suppliers. If you pull up in your car with your pe- petrol or diesel, all you do is plug in the, the nozzle and then you go in and pay. It's the very same simple solution. How these have all different brands, different apps, different machines, different cars. I have no idea, but that I find really frustrating. So I got to the to the Tesco um, car park, and it would only it wouldn't let me charge via the app, the um, ESB app. I had to have the card, and of course I'd left the card at home, so I had to leave there. So there's another I don't know thirty minutes off my journey back onto the motorway. Got to Athlone, went to Athlone. Then there's another brand, Ionity. So yes. all four I'm yet of those, to find all... one of those myself, Loretta. I haven't. Oh, have you? I haven't oh, well, experienced it. There's four of them. <laughs> right, I'll have to take a spin down. And they were all full. They were all full, so I had to join the queue. There was also an e-charge point, for which I have a card and an app, but that wasn't working. And there was another one that wasn't working. And so, therefore, um, I was supposed to pick up some people from the airport in Dublin, and I set off from the west five hours beforehand. And I was an hour off by the time I did these three different detours um, and so not only then do you get range anxiety because I was down to probably 80 kilometres which isn't bad but I was down to 80 kilometres but sure I had the lights off I had the heat off I had the mobile phone not charged in I had the radio off etc etc do you know yeah, and the... don't get me started on the one that's supplied via the car so there's one called with the e-Nero the, the Kia um, stops and I've used that in the past before I copped on and I ended up out in um, out in a um, the office car park of a company who's I didn't have access to their charger like it, you had to be a member of the company with a special, a special card and whatnot. So I went on that detour. So I have been on more detours and cul-de-sacs I know. around the country. I, I know. You, so you, that I find frustrating. You do end yeah. up touring around a little bit sometimes trying to, uh, you know, on the hunt in search of the charging, charging station for sure. 
Thomas is with us on the line as well in Cavan. Thomas, I, I'm interested to chat to people about um, uh, Brian Caulfield's suggestion earlier that while the government is going to cut the electric car grant from July, Brian has suggested that perhaps the likes of a rural EV scheme or grant should still be in place. I mean, do you think that would be beneficial? I, I think Brian is absolutely spot on. I'm to be honest, I'm sitting here a little bit confused because I so I've had my car for about three years. Um, it's a Hyundai Kona has an estimated range of around about four hundred and twenty kilometres. That's what I almost always do. Of course, it goes down on the motorway, but I've never heard of it going down to two hundred and eight. Um, like the lowest I've ever gotten on motorway driving was maybe three hundred out of it, maybe. Um, and so, uh, like I've had it for three years, I've never once been stuck. Uh, now, admittedly, I did extremely high miles but just before COVID. I was actually the president of a rural organisation, Machrana Firma. Um, so I was travelling the length and breadth of the country. Mm. I did Cavan to Cork uh, in, and back to Dublin Airport in one day. Um, was never stuck. But I was I was also charging at off-peak times and it was kind of before EVs became a bit more popular. But uh, like there are there there certainly is an education problem. You need you have an ESB app that you need to have on your phone to see whether a charging port is available, see whether it's broken. Sometimes you can get unfortunate and it might be there. But in terms of rural driving, uh, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind everyone should sit down and work out the cost of taking out a loan versus the cost of running a diesel or petrol car. Because for most EVs, for most rural people, doing reasonable mileage, and I mean people that might be commuting to Dublin and back again in a day, doing in and around a round trip of, say, 300 kilometres, which most reasonably priced EVs will be able to do at this stage. Yeah, uh, now, they're, they're more expensive than their corresponding diesel or petrol. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. Yeah. I'm saying in terms of the EV range, they're about mid-range. You, you will be cost neutral realistically within two to three years. Um, if you've got your own charger installed. I think it's absolutely backwards that the government is taking away this grant. I don't do not understand it. We have a target of a 50% transport emission. Will not be achieved without EVs. Significant electrification. I think it's an overly urban uh, focus. And this, there's, I, I see a lot of pushback around 100%. Every one of us should be using public transport if it's available. But it's not available mm-hmm. in lots of places. We're not developing park and ride in Dublin. We're not excluding uh, cars from Dublin. So therefore, we're not getting the investment and the speed that we need on our public transport network. So in the short to midterm, we are going to need EVs, for, particularly for the rural and commuter population. To that's Bri- what we need to be doing. Yeah, to, to Brian's point, though, just a little earlier, Thomas, around like it's the problem. We're not the, not the problem with the grant. I mean, sure, the huge numbers have have availed of it since 2011 when it was first introduced. But at the moment, I suppose it's those in affluent, as, as as Brian described it, the leafy suburbs of Dublin. That's who's availing of the grant, and and it's it's not as much been taken up beyond the M50. <laughs> I, I, I think there's a bit of a, 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 I don't want to say a straw man argument here, but of course more expensive cars are at the moment being bought by people with more money. Yes, that is that is true. EV prices are coming down um, and more people are becoming comfortable with them. I am very far from leafy Fox Rock. I'm a dairy farmer in County Cavan um, and I was without a car, so I, I made the choice to buy uh, that, that car because I, I worked out the mileage and figured, mm. you know, I, it would work. Sense. And just for context here, I did twenty six thousand uh, kilometers in two months. That wow. was that was my mileage, or well, three months, I think, uh, nice. in around to January before that. That that's that was my level of of usage. 
And again, now I was off off peak because it was unusual times that I would be driving at mm. late night meetings and whatnot. But no, uh, I, th- I think, look, I think is there an argument here that it should be focused towards rural people because the, the carbon saving would be larger to get rural people and commuters off the roads and into EVs than it would be someone choosing to take their, their EV, um, you know, and, and continue to clog up the city centre instead of taking public transport? Yes, that's a very solid argument. And I think there is a lot of logic to it. Um, but as well as that, and I have to say, the, the size of some of the new EVs, we're repeating the same mistake we made. Now, I have a Jeep for hauling cattle around the place. I do not drive a Jeep up to Dublin. I drive, you know, the Kona is, a, is technically an SUV, but it's a, what's called a light SUV. So it's about the same size as my old Golf was. And I see some of the new SUVs and people are saying, oh, they don't have enough range. They're huge and they're massively heavy. Yeah. So course like yeah. there's a trade-off there in battery size to weight we don't need massive suvs clogging yeah. up our okay. cities it's, you know, it's yeah it's 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 interesting that the reaction i suppose and the experience um of people to this another listener getting in touch as well we ordered our electric car this time last year we were supposed to have it in three months we're still waiting just hope it'll arrive before the july 1st grant cut deadline says this listener keep them coming into us the emails lunchtime live at newstalk.com thomas and Loretta and Adrian Weckler, thanks a million for getting in touch with us on the show today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.